Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. I think a lot of my listeners are familiar with what's been going on with the schools in Northern Virginia. But for those who are not following the situation, parents in Northern Virginia have launched what can only be described as a parent revolution against the public school system, a system that sadly is increasingly and in recent years more rapidly locking them out of decision making. But it isn't just that parents feel left out. Parents feel maligned, ignored, sidelined. Parents are treated like the enemy. And let's not forget the National Association rather, of School Boards actually sent a letter to the Department of Justice last year, late last year, asking that agency to investigate parents as domestic terrorists. It really has become an us versus them situation, with the us being parents and the them being the entire public school structure, from the teachers to the school boards to the superintendents. So in one area of Northern Virginia called Loudoun County, it's a county in Northern Virginia, parents are fighting back and generating a lot of viral videos, media attention, and most importantly, they're generating change. Their demands are simple. They want open schools, unmasked kids. They want simple information (laughs) uh, from their school boards and superintendents on things like sexual assaults, which actually did happen in a northern Virginia school, in a Loudoun County school, and was actually covered up by the school. They want curriculum transparency, again, greater communication with parents on curriculum, and the removal of pornographic materials. I'm not making this up, and you really should go check your own child's library. Pornographic materials and books from school libraries that do show not only graphics sexual situations, but uh, sexual violence. Very, very disturbing stuff. They want teachers to get back to the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and step away from CRT and other leftist subjects. And they ultimately want accountability of their elected officials. They want teachers to teach, not brainwash kids into turning into activists for leftist causes. This is not a lot to ask. So today, one of the most prominent and vocal Loudoun parents is joining me today. Brandon Michon is a native of Loudoun County. He's a father and a husband and a businessman, and he is a proud man of faith. As a parent, he stood up to the Loudoun County School Board when they shut down schools, covered up assaults, pushed controversial policies, and forcibly masked children. Brandon sparked a movement in Loudoun County, and he became the voice for parents and children all across the nation as they continued to fight for their educational freedom. Brandon said it best when he told the Loudoun County School Board in a, in a, a performance that went viral to figure it out. Brandon is now running for Congress to represent the 10th District of Virginia. Hey, Brandon, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate having me. You know, we've talked... We've talked on um, O'Connor and Company um, about, you know, all that you have done uh, for parents in Loudoun County. And so I'm glad you came. You're coming on my podcast here because we we get listeners from all over the country. And, you know, in the intro, I sort of talked about, you know, the figure it out and you're really, uh, you know, I I think very civil but aggressive stance against um, what the school board and, and local officials um 
what local officials have done in Loudoun County. But I think I'd like to back it up a little bit because, again, I, I some folks might not be, like, for instance, our California listeners might not be as familiar with, with what's been going on in Northern Virginia. And frankly, as a Northern Virginia parent, I'm always like, how could you not know about this? Like, we, we're, we're, we're viral, man. Like, what our movement is so important. But I want to kind of go back and have you tell us, you know, what, what was it that occurred? I, I will never forget you getting up. I think you said you were painting or something and you just. Yeah, we were, I was ripping drywall out of my basement. <laughs> and my wife said, let's go, Brandon. We got to go to the school board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, so what was it like? You'd obviously had some conversations with your wife. You were, you were not happy what had been, what was going on. Um, you know, sort of tell me what occurred that made you go to that meeting and get up there and give this passionate, figure it out speech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people don't realize I was actually, so I grew up in Loudoun County. My wife grew up in Loudoun County. We were both went to elementary and middle and high school here. Um, and so most people don't have that background. And I spent some time up in New York city on my professional career before coming back. But when we came back, to, and I actually live across the street from my parents. And so, oh. um, yeah, so bless my wife. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so we, my, my family has always been very active in the community. Um, my fa- you know, growing up, my mother has been, you know, always very active within schools, et cetera. And so we actually started going to the school board meetings in the fall of 2020. I remember speaking at a school board meeting and I believe it was September or October, where the school administrators were talking about punishing teachers if they, you know, had a differing view than the administration. And it wasn't just in school. It could literally be you and I, Julie, talking at dinner at each other's house. And I say something you don't agree with and you could tattle on me and I could get fired. Mm. And so this kind of stuff was already seeping its way into the system. And then, you know, fast forward a few months to January when I had this viral video I'm, this is at like the peak of COVID where, you know, there's 10 people in the building. You're only allowed one person into the, this room that holds 200 people. And it was about five speakers before me was a father with a, a, a special needs son who was inaudible. And he signed up for him and he signed up for his son. And he finished his one minute and they started speaking for his son. And the chair at the time um, stopped him and said, you're not allowed to speak for that person. Ugh. And he said, wait a second, I have my son is special needs and inaudible. And you can see him on the video in the background pacing back and forth, right? Like he obviously has, he has his own unique challenges. And he said, well, I'm here to speak on his behalf. He said, well, you're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're standing in the hallway listening to all this on, um, you know, you're listening to this literally over like a loudspeaker and you, they, they went back and forth for probably two or three minutes arguing mm-hmm. about, you know, whether or not he could speak for her. And, and this is the chair who's on a school board who's supposed to have sympathy, empathy, yeah. compassion for the children. And they're saying, oh, you know what? The rules are the rules here. And, yep. and after a couple of minutes of this, you know, he, he just kind of frustratedly walks away. And the, what that says is that this public forum is not really about hearing the voice of the parents. That's this right. public forum is about a process and if you're not following that process, there's no wiggle room. Now, she could easily said, okay, please take your minute and we'll, we'll talk offline about it going forward. But yeah. no, they literally just, they, they fueled the fire. Then, then I'm up with my wife. So my wife and my daughter and my son 
came in and they all spoke before me. And, you know, I listened to their, their speeches and my daughter and my son came in and we had moved back here in the summer of 2020. And we moved back partially because, you know, we, we came home as well as, um, you know, we wanted our kids in school. And my son said, I just want to be in class. Cause this was at the time when, you know, schools, they were not even allowing the hybrid option. Right. I just want to be in class because I don't have any friends yet. And you're listening to that and you look up, you see these parents, I mean, sorry, you see these school administrators looking at their phone, looking down, not paying attention, but really what gets you, you know, I say passionate, I don't even say angry, passionate is the scariest thing that adults do, or the scariest thing I, I would say almost in the world is public speaking. And, yeah. and to, when, when the youth stand up as a, you know, one of their rights as citizens of this country, an example of democracy and say, please listen to my voice and your administrators don't even acknowledge you. They just, yeah. beep, you know, press the beep button and say next. Like, what, what are we, what kind of example are we showing these youth? And so then I get up there and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I start and I'm, I'm calm. And then you see the passion come yeah. up because you realize that they're not paying attention. And you heard it before, because if they were paying attention, they wouldn't be arguing with this father. If they were paying attention, they would be thanking the youth for their courage to stand up. And I remember just a couple of weeks ago when my son Duke and I spoke, he wanted to speak at that school board meeting a couple of weeks ago because he said, Dad, and, and we've always let them speak when they want to. And he said, Dad, I want to speak this week because I don't want to get suspended for not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And really, he told me after we both spoke, because he spoke before me and after me, he said, Dad, I was nervous. My knees were shaking. And I said, and I said, Duke, my knees were shaking too, but because you know what it's, it is, you know, I know I've done a lot of media and I've been in, you know, but it's nerve, it's nerve wracking to to, to go up. And I mean, you're, you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself out there with, with people looking and people maybe judging you. And, but, but if we're not willing to have our voices be heard, then what are we doing as an example of to our youth. And that's what this role is as a school board. You are supposed to be helping our youth. You're supposed to be, you know, helping mold them into people who are going to be just great citizens of our country. But if your example is a failed leadership, which is why those words came out, if you are not willing to lead, take a step aside because there are other people who are willing to do that, myself included. You know, I want to go a little bit further on what you're saying here because it's really interesting. The cruelty of these school board members and frankly also superintendents um, and actually some teachers as well. I mean, I know we're not supposed to criticize teachers under any circumstances, but frankly, I'm kind of tired of that because I have seen cruelty on the part of teachers um, and especially special needs teachers who have largely stayed quiet um, while students, particularly with special needs, have really suffered. But this Mm -hmm. cruelty issue has been really fascinating to me because there seems to be no sympathy or empathy or a sense of service. I mean, they are in public service. They are public servants. And the idea is you are trying to better your community, serve people, help people. And it is so interesting to me now how it's actually flipped where they almost think of um, parents as sort of vassals that they are uh, or peasants that they are sort of an elevated class. Um, and that, you know, I, I, I always think of these, um, you know, these old movies where, you know, the King's on his, 
throne or the queen's on her throne and people come up and sort of ask mm. questions very timidly and like, you know, oh, you know, can I have this, you know, and, um, at, you know, it's this sort of Dickensian scene of, you know, more porridge, please. I don't know mm-hmm. when that happened, but I've talked to lifelong, I'm, I'm not, I was not uh, born or grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, where I am, but mm-hmm. I have talked to people who've lived in Alexandria their whole life. You've lived in Loudoun your whole life. You must talk to your parents. It wasn't, they all say this, it was not like this. It really was not like no. this even 10 years ago. What do you think shifted things to where parents are essentially begging for bit, pretty basic things and these government officials, essentially this is what they are, and elected officials treat them with such disdain um, yeah. and sort of smug, like, you know, nothing you say matters. When did this change happen? Well, so I graduated from in 2005 in in Loudoun County. And I've seen just, you know, I guess since then, you can see really the deterioration of of the public school system. So I think a lot of it, you know, you can look at it from a national or state or local level, but I think it could, you could even go back to the early 2000s with like the no child left behind. You know, I'm not going to act, like I'm some, you know, historian with regards to education, but there was a point where, you know, the focus went from, you know, people exceeding and and that was the only, you know, you could exceed to the best of your ability to, we now need to force metrics. And if you're forcing metrics to qualify for grants or money, et cetera, then you're forcing schools to not try to excel. And part of what, and part of what we are running on for our platform for Congress is, and I think this goes back to it, and I'll you know, get back to the question too, is focus on literacy, focus on financial literacy, focus on trade schools and incubator yeah. programs. Because if you're not only focused on secondary education, then there are going to be students who may not love history. They may not love uh, you know, certain topics within the curriculum, but they're very passionate about carpentry or yeah electrical or something else where they're going to have a way they're going to have more success in their professional career through a something they are passionate about than talking about humanities. Well, well and, listen, I I want to get more into this and I am, but I want to close a little bit of the the loop on mm-hmm. your activism with the school board and then I do want sure. to talk about your congressional run and this platform and I love what you're saying about, you know, getting kids to consider things like trade schools and, and other options yeah. besides like, going but I guess to, answer, to answer, yeah, to answer the question on what's, what's causing it. I think it, there's a few things. I think COVID albeit has been horrible for the world. There's no doubt yeah. about that. What it did was it slowed everything down. Mm-hmm. If you think about our lives in 2019 and my wife calls it the Icarus year, right? Where, <laughs> you know, people probably flew close too close to the sun. Everyone was busy. If you have young children like me, or even if you have teenagers, or even if you don't, everyone had soccer practice, baseball practice, tennis camps, you know, scout camps, you name it, that were taking people in all different directions. And then the world stopped and all of that stopped. Yeah. And what that did was, one, you had online schooling, which exposed what was going on in the classroom. Yep. People were now hearing it because they weren't in the office. And if they were, they had to pay attention differently than they, they, they did before. And so people said, wait a second, what's going on here? Which mm-hmm. means all of this stuff has been 
planted into the system over the last few years. And I think it's some of it in Loudoun, I think it's been probably in the last handful of years where you start planting the seeds, those seeds, you know, or weeds, I guess, those weeds get, you know, get into the system and people just, you know, because lives were busy, weren't paying attention at the same level, because let's be honest, local politics has not been in the news the same as federal politics. Everyone was so worried about this last administration and what they're tweeting. But when it comes down to the the bread and butter of what impacts you locally and your taxes and your schools, I mean, I've been telling people, go back and Google school boards pre-2020. You barely saw an article. Now, every day there's something, which means people are paying attention again. And maybe shame on us for not paying attention earlier but sometimes you need to be, you know, awaken and and we're saying, wait a second, we got off track. We need to get back on track. And the ideologies and, and, and agendas that you're pushing are not best for the children. Well, you know, I think that we were seeing hang on one sec. Sorry. That was my husband's phone. Um sorry, <laughs> Demo. Okay. Now I now I'm starting over. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I well, you know, I think it's interesting. I think this time type of activism in the schools, as you say, you know, we weren't maybe paying attention, but it was there all along. I remember my children coming home with these sort of like doomsday environmental alarmism, uh, mm-hmm. sort of, um, uh, worries that I, I would, I would con- constantly have to course correct them. Um, there was some, some gender and, uh, sort of sexual content I didn't want my kids hearing about. My kids, by the way, do not go to public school anymore. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, I noticed a few of those things way before COVID and, and, and the George Floyd death, which I think, you know, really set off this whole CRT, um, curriculum going into schools. And, but I do think it was this, the George Floyd murder plus COVID that created this sort of, you know, perfect storm really. Mm-hmm. And where teachers were pretty much, it was almost, I'm not getting, I think it was like a switch went off and teachers mm-hmm. were, who had already been flirting with, te- with turning children into activists for of course, leftist causes were then just completely like, Nope, we're done. This is our job. It is not to teach sort of the basics. It is to teach activism and to turn kids. I mean, it, it reminds me so much of sort of, you know, Mao's red, red soldiers, you know, this sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, little students mm-hmm. carrying out his sort of dream of this perfect society. It's all very creepy. But, but, but Julie, but Julie, here's the thing. The teachers, yes, it's coming, but it's coming from the administrators push sure. down. Like the CRT question, there is no book. Like no one's slamming down a 1500 page book of like, here's CRT yeah. kids read and digest. If you look, and I have teachers that are within my community here who tell me, they're like, it's the trainings, it's the oh, it's exactly indoctrination right. yep. pushing down. And yep. and the problem is when when you're putting policies in, and, and think about the sequence of events. I told you this earlier. When you're putting policies in, in in October of 2020, saying that if you defy what we want, we're going to fire you, and then three months later, we're going to put in, you know, um, controversial bathroom policies. So good luck fighting me because I've yeah, already yeah. scared you that I'm going to be, you're exactly. going to be canceled. And so the teachers kind of get their hands tied in a lot of ways. And look, I'm not saying that look, indoctrination works on all levels. Right. And right. so children and adults and say, well, this is what they keep feeding us is what I have to do. And I'm worried about my job, but the administrators and the, what you learn is these school board meetings are the final stamp mm-hmm. of an already baked curriculum or agenda. Yeah. 
it's the it's the subgroups, the equity initiative group or the education initiative group that they're meeting on different days that are not highly publicized. Yeah. That is where all of it gets baked. And the meeting is just almost um, theater. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, it's like, yeah. and so so if we don't have and it goes back to the elections, if we don't have and elect the right people, we cannot fight that because the 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 left would rather have the control of their agenda than the betterment of the education of of the kids. Well, and it's evident because if not, you wouldn't be focused on any of this. Well, look, you are – I wanted to shift or pivot over to your run for Congress. You are running, and let me tell you, I figure it out is now a normal part of my vocabulary. I scream, I scream <laughs> it, it at the kids. It was there before. People just didn't I know. know. <laughs> I, I scream it at the kids regularly. You know, hey, mom, I can't find – my homework figure it out you know i'm just like That's i scream right. it really so raise the bar. It, it is you are famous for that you're famous not only for these phrases raise the bar figure it out but also just the passion um that you you showed at the at, at just the and and really i think you spoke for parents that were just at the end of their ropes they were just frustrated mm-hmm. beyond belief and you take a, a, a you know a nice guy like you and then you push them enough and eventually you get someone screaming figure it out. So, you know, you really are, you know, really well known in Northern Virginia, but obviously nationwide. You're running for Congress. I think this is so exciting. Tell us about your platform. Tell us what you what your, you know, your priorities are, what you'll do mm-hmm. if you get to Congress. Yeah. So so I'm a dad. And so I've been telling people I'm a dad first. I'm a politician last. Like I went to the last school board meeting, uh, spoke with my son. And, uh, you know, I was in jeans and a pullover. And, you know, there are other candidates there and suits trying to hand out swag, but I'm a dad first and I'm a, I'm a politician last. But th- what happened was I, you know, I was involved in all of this because I care about the kids and I care about the future of their education. And, you know, fast forward through much of last year, I had the, the opportunity to be on the campaign trail at various times with Governor Youngkin talking about education because he recognized that early. He called me the day after my video and said, Brandon, this uh-huh. is a movement that, you know, people would spend a lot of money to try to create. And I don't think you you could spend any amount of money to create this organic movement. We've seen that because, again, Google school board meetings nationally and it's in the news all the time because whether it was me or or, you know, maybe it was a spark that just lit a bunch of (laughs) kindling that was out there ready to ready to light a fire. But parents realized, like, hey, wait a second. This guy is right. Like this is, you know, you're right. People were at the end of the rope and they said enough is enough. And, yeah. and I can go speak up too. And I don't encourage everyone to use the same medium that I did, but mine was a elevation of passion, but it was words that have to be said because there's a time when like you've gone before you go and you speak softly, but yeah. there's a time and everyone knows this with children too. Like sometimes you can, you have to be stern with them to get their attention. And, um, and so, you know, fast forward to the November, we, we were able to to change Virginia. And a lot of that was on parents. I mean, we had 25% higher turnout in the state. And that was because people said, Hey, this stuff matters. Yep. And what happened was, um, you know, Glenn's team came to me and said, Hey, we need someone who can, who can win because the message that we have had, and I've done this and I've been very conscious about this. This is a bipartisan topic. Parents can agree that the curriculum um, we you know, disagree on a few things within the curriculum, but they want to see their kids educated better and they want to be in safe environments where they're not worried about their their safety within the bathrooms they, or. Yeah, they also it, want public servants to hear them, 
not dismiss them or call them Nazis or call yeah, them or terrorists, terror, or domestic terrorists or domestic yeah. terrorists. That is what they want. They want a fair hearing of their grievances and concerns. And right. I, I think as a father first and as someone who stood up to the school board, you are going to understand that better than, frankly, anybody in Congress right now. There's a lot of sympathetic ears up there, but you actually did it and lived it. I have one. And, and that's I, right. And, I, and, well, and just to finish the thought yeah. also, Julie, on, on the, the run is there was a time this, – this is a moment in time when a father who grew up – or in, you know, a, a, a man who grew up in Loudoun County – um, has roots here, spoke up, has, a movement has been started that our voices matter. And it was a parents movement and it's moved to a citizens movement and to a taxpayers movement. And we're running a platform on really three simple things. Yeah. So the pillars of the pillars are education, safety, and the economy. And there's things that bridge all political gaps. There's no Democrat discount card at the gas pump or at the grocery store. Nobody's knocking on your business door before they commit a crime asking who you voted for. And our children deserve better. And on my view as an outsider, and I'm a strong, my background's investment banking, so I have a very strong knowledge of the economy. But, you know, um, but we need people who are going to go and fight for the right things versus political ideology. And I think 95% of America just wants to work, make a little more money, have a, you know, have some free time, have some, have some disposable income and have the government stay out of their way and educate and protect our communities and we need to get back to the basics before yeah. we start worrying about all the other stuff. I have one more question, and this is kind of a personal question. Sure. I I live in Alexandria, Virginia. I try to tell people all this all the time. This is a very different place than Loudoun mm-hmm. and Fairfax. It's a little closer to Fairfax, but but I feel like in Loudoun, gosh, you have a you, it's crazy town on your school board, right? Your superintendent. Mm-hmm. Your superintendent is just one of the worst, um, I would say, mm-hmm. in the nation. Um, but uh, you, but the great thing is, is that you have people like you who stand up. But there's a lot of, and there's a lot of vocal parents just like you that have stood up and said this is wrong. But right. there's, but there's also a lot of people who maybe don't feel comfortable getting up in front of the school board who support you quietly. You get a lot of praise mm-hmm. in Alexandria, mm-hmm. Virginia. There's almost nobody who ever stands up. Nobody, nobody. People are so compliant and quiet here. Now I, I live in the deepest, darkest, I think blue city in Northern Virginia. Alexandria is truly, truly leftist in a profound way. And so, mm-hmm. so there isn't a lot of disagreement, but. Although people quiet, the, the other problem is, is some people do start to I think to there is. They just well, don't. Well, yeah, they don't, they don't say it. There's, there's, there is a lot of anger about things, but people are too afraid. Because I will tell mm-hmm. you, there are vicious parents here that if you do speak up, um, let's just say there's, there's some retribution you'll have to deal with. What advice mm-hmm. do you give to parents like that live in that? Because in, in that? I think this happens all over the country and, 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 yep. and you know, all over California in Oregon and in some of the more in Illinois, you know, what advice do you give to parents who are truly scared to stand up? Well, first and foremost, we should love our neighbors. Right. And yeah. I, I think a lot of the topics in the, the, what we're running on as a campaign is stuff that I can sit, I can invite whether you're registered Republican or Democrat, you to my dinner table and we can have a conversation and agree on a lot of things. Now there may be some things within policy that we don't agree on, but we can all agree on, education, safety, the economy. This administration has created the most divisive um, kind of nation we've had, yeah. where they have said, if you do not go get 
the vaccine, you are going to kill people. You are evil. If you do not wear a mask, you are going to kill people. If you do not do this, you are going to, you're, you are bad. And the messaging of, of this partisan divisive nature within politics is seeping down to people where, and, and you can probably blame social media as well. Most of these people, and I've seen it, I've had people say some horrible stuff about me and even about my son after we did some media that they would never say to my face or to my child's face. And we need to move back as a society to people who are willing to do things that are better for our communities, understanding that, that, you know, we may not agree on every topic, but that's okay. And again, if it comes down to mask, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's okay. If you want to wear a mask, then feel free to do that. There needs to be more personal accountability. And for those of you of those who are worried about, you know, people coming after them, just know that there are a lot of people out there that support you and support your message. And, you know, you can check us out on social media. We're happy to stand behind, you know, with you. I'm tired of adults hiding behind our children when we should be standing in front of our children. They are the most innocent and easily influenced part of the population. We, the government and, you know, this administration has used them as political pawns and enough is enough. And I think there's parents all throughout this country, regardless of where you live, that want to speak up. And I just encourage them to do so because know that your voice matters. Our campaign is we together can figure it out. We mm -hmm. together can raise the bar in Washington. This is a voice of the people. This is a movement that started as parents. It's yes. moved to citizens, taxpayers, and all across the nation, we are hearing that please help us. Please raise the bar. Please figure it out. And that's what we're going to do. And I encourage everyone to, you know, check us out, brandonforcongress.com. There are so many people just like you, Julie, who have been fighting this fight that we just need to know that we love every single one of them. We love, regardless of our opinions differ, we can all care. We should all, as a country, work to get, you know, move through this t troubling time we've been in and know that we can make this country better. And our founding fathers knew it. They put it in, the, you know, they put policy and our, and our constitution in place as a document that has been a beacon of light to the world. And, you know, that's why this is the best country in the world, because we may have some times where we need to figure things out, but we can do it. And, you know, we need to just have some more empathy and compassion for, for our neighbors. Well, I love it. You're a fighter, but you're, uh, I love that last message on, on compassion and love of your neighbors. I want to just be real clear. Brandon, his website is brandonforcongress.com, correct? Yes, it's brandonforcongress.com. Great. Congress. And, and Brandon is B-R-A-N-D-O-N. Just like, Check. just like let's go Brandon. <laughs> let's B-R-A-N-D-O-N. <laughs> But not exactly like Let's Go Brandon. No, but my name is Brandon. I say my name is Brandon Michon. Let's go, Brandon. Sorry, I've heard it my you. whole life as I an athlete you. and everything else. There's going to be, uh, yeah, there, there's the two famous Brandons in the country these days. Um, That's right. You are a great guest. We are rooting for you. I swear I'm going to have to now move out to Loudoun County so I can vote for you. I am thrilled that you came on here. I know that you are in demand, so I appreciate you taking time to come and talk to us. And again, BrandonForCongress.com. Everybody should check him out and support him, support his race. We're real thrilled, real thrilled for you and excited for the people well, of you. Loudoun County. Well, thank you again. Thanks, Julie, for having me. This is a parents, citizens, and taxpayers movement. We're excited about it. Thank you for all that you do in spreading the word, uh, you know, about the importance of parents and, and women's involvement. Mothers are the key of everything. Yeah. Um, so thank you again for having me. 
Great. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, everyone, for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get Bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening. 